Hello and welcome back to the Gym Crack Podcast. I am your host Adrian Allen and today I am joined with a good friend by a good friend of mine, Rory Gallagher. Uh, Rory is from Sligo. We are currently at this moment, we are at the studio, which is the kitchen. And um, I've never actually done a podcast where I've had someone sit directly opposite me in person. So this is a good way to have a, a positive uh, conversation. Me and Rory have had some great conversations over the last year and a half while I've been here in part and today we're going to touch on a lot of subjects around fitness, around mining, um, our passions that we've had as electricians and now the fact that we are fitness instructors. So we have a lot to get through. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Rory Gallagher and Rory Gallagher is going to explain who he is and what he does. So Rory, what's the crack? Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I'm a personal trainer here in Perth. Been doing it for four years. Came into it a bit later in the game. Uh, I was 34 when I started doing it. And yeah, came met you in Thailand four years ago. So back in Perth now, personal trainer face-to-face down in Subiaco. Yeah, so that's me at the moment. Good. So the two of us are in Perth. Um, and that's right, we did meet in Thailand. Um, when I suppose we will get there'll be plenty that we're going to talk about in Thailand and everything else but uh, I suppose at the moment the last couple of months well the last year and myself and Rory have really got to know each other obviously we met in Thailand and we realized that we had um, a lot of we, we had a lot of mutual friends and when I came back here then um, I suppose a bit the thing Rory with like since you know COVID has happened and we've been very fortunate here when we catch up the conversations are great like yes. the, the, like we have genuine conversations I think sometimes I actually have gone to Rory's house and talked at him for about two hours, whereas, you know, the conversations are usually good. But, uh, like, for instance, what is it you find yourself doing recently? You've been out walking much? What's been the crack? Yeah, so structure is a big one. Walking is a big one for me. So we do from living in Subiaco. It's a pretty good walk. We have, like, a 7K walk that me and Mrs. do every day. So that's pretty much part and parcel of our day. Yeah. We do that. So keeping that walk every single day, mate, the training's gone off a bit. We do that a couple of times a week. Over the winter, it took a took a back step as usual, you know. We train, because we've, we've the gym on the balcony, as you know. Yeah. So we just um, train out there. Since COVID, I set up that little gym on the balcony. So and, if, you, um, if you could see this gym, I posted about it one day on Instagram. I was like, the, the, small, the smallest gym in the world, but the best gym in the world. It's... <laughs> This is on, oh, Jesus Christ, it's the size of the kitchen table. Twice yeah, the size of the kitchen table, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too big, yeah. But it works. It fucking does, like uh, having a squat rack, having the dumbbells. Like, just go through what is actually in that gym. Because, like, I always say to, like I've always said here, I never want to own a gym. But when I look at, like, what what is a gym to people? You know what I mean? A gym can be having a set of dumbbells. A gym can be, I have floor space and True. I do body weight stuff. So, you know, explain to us the, the gym, the setup that you actually do have. Right, so obviously March, COVID hits. Uh, gyms were closing down shit hit the fan I was yeah. like what am I going to do here I've got 10 clients pretty much half of them left straight away yeah. and then I was like looking at the balcony we had a table and chairs out there so I was like I think I could do something here it's 3 metres by 3 metres started off bought a barbell and I had a chair <laughs> and that was it perfect a chair and a barbell and mm-hmm. I got some old dumbbells off a of mate in the city just those adjustable ones and we started uh, training clients there. I kept five clients on. So that kept uh, the rent paid yeah. and food on the table. And this <laughs> is it. Like, you know, we see like we see that the overheads for a gym cost. And then when I see this, I'm like, you don't need you don't need much to start a business from your house. And the space that you had, like, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think I think we get carried away with all like seeing all the gym. But really, yeah. at the end of the day, clients we work with, they don't care that much. They just want a session. Yeah. So made it work. And yeah, just literally a barbell. And then we started going from there, yeah. put some mats down, bought the rack, went on to bumper plates. And it's a nice, it's a tidy little gym now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's a good setup. But yeah, so this is Rory. And one of, I suppose, like what, what we want to get into here is obviously we're in Australia and we're both electricians. So I suppose, Rory, take me back to like the start where before you came out to Australia, what was, how, why did you come out? And what, what brought you out here basically, or what were you doing at home before we got started, or before we, yeah, before mate, we came so, out here? Um, I'm an electrician by trade, so obviously started that. If we go right back, I left school when yeah. I was 15, like literally a child, pretty much. My yeah. mum always said, you're just a, 
young child leaving school. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I've done junior cert. I'm not sure what the equivalent here in Australia is, but I was 15 and went working on a, in a petrol station, just filling petrol, yeah. yeah. I'd done that for six months. And then, uh, yeah, the brother was working with a Sparky and just jumped on that. You had to wait till you were 16. Oh, yes, So I did. wasn't even 16, so yeah. I was doing the other job for a year. And, yeah, as you do, you just sort of, yeah, brother's a Sparky, sure, I'll jump on that as well. Yeah. I started doing that. So I'd done my electrical apprenticeship and, yeah, went through FOSS, the usual things you do. And, yeah, we've done that then for another five years. Maybe we were pretty much through the Celtic Tiger. It was all pretty <laughs> hectic then. 2007 was when I was like, me and a couple of mates, we came to Sydney then. We said, we're going to Australia for a holiday. Yeah. And that's kind of what set in motion the whole wheels. Had a great holiday, came out to Sydney, flew up to Cairns and done the backpacking trip all the way down the coast, which was mm. pretty hectic. Took us six weeks. And yeah, when I went back then after that, it was like, that was the, pretty much the start of my, the end of my time in Ireland. I knew yeah. I wanted out then. Perfect. So yeah, moved over in 2009. 2009. So let's go back. I love this now, the fact that um, this is what I said to Rory is like, this, this conversation will go back and forward because there's so many things that we do have in common. And, you know, the, the mention of FOSS already there, like, so you, you were 16 when you started, so you were qualified by 20. All yeah. done well, you were qualified by 20. I didn't start mine until I was 21. Um, now that I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but uh, I suppose, like, yeah, when your brother's an electrician, like, I suppose, and this, this was the thing, like, why do we get into these apprenticeships? Like, my father's a plasterer. I think it was just the fact that I seen how much the dog work he had to do and the, the state he would come home and it wasn't something. But for me to become an electrician, I don't know, like, I don't even know why I got into it. I thought probably the money would have been good. That was probably the number one reason is a little bit tidier work. But uh, what kind of, what was it? What kind of work were you doing at home? Just yeah. residential stuff. Yeah. Agriculture sheds, so like slatted sheds, all that sort of work. Messy work, you know, like I remember back doing it. I think like we were very young, like I was very young to start doing like, if I think of a 16 year old mm. now, like we were up on, up on ladders against like timbers in a slatted shed, cows walking around <laughs> under us, all yeah. this kind of madness. Um, yeah, doing all that and then just residential stuff, you know, houses, chasing houses and not actually chasing, but, you know, <laughs> doing that and just, just pulling, pulling cables and all that sort of work. But like, I'd labored on a bricky that the year before as well. I started that and that was just rough, rough going, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, turning yeah. on a mixer and horrible work, <laughs> horrible work. Uh, I don't know, is that worse, or uh, doing face and soffit and gutters oh, in the middle wow. of winter? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, we, I started that, and yeah, it was, you know, the same as you, like, all oh, electricians, that's tidier work, tidier work, but what's tidy work? You're still on a construction site, you're still dragging stuff yeah. around after you. And so, yeah, done the apprenticeship, made, and worked. My brother's electrical company back home, so he gave me a job then in 2004, I stayed with him then until 2009, just yeah. before I left and came here. Yeah. Did you did you constantly have work throughout your, your apprenticeship and everything? Yeah. 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 I got hit. I was out. Just before shit hit the fan, I did lose my job. I was only three years into my apprenticeship when I lost my job. And um, I was delighted not to lose my job, sorry to say, but I was because I was sick of it and everyone was traveling and everything else. But uh, that's all, that was the thing then, like when, when the recession did hit and we were like, okay, what are we going to do? We're... You know, everyone, a lot of us were moving out to Australia. I was 2011. What was it you came out in 2000 and... 2009, yeah. I came out. But 2008, I booked, I think it was on the Sunday World. I used to be looking at the back. It was like one year working holiday visa, a very yeah. different time. And then I was looking at that and you booked your visa and I think you had a year to use it. Yeah. I think that's the way it was. And it was one October day then. It was, it was doing a shed outside and it was freezing cold. And I remember that afternoon, went in, rang this... Uh, what do you call them? The equivalent of flight centre. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying <laughs> okay. to think of a yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I rang them and just booked my flight. 4th of February 2009, leaving, I'm done. So the brother was pretty good and keen with it. He was, it was getting real bad then. Yeah. Things like hard to get money out of people. It was, it was, yeah, things like that. So it was getting real quiet. He was starting to have to let people go. Yeah. So yeah, three months before and that was the plan. Worked till Christmas. 
when you um when you booked your flight today set set up your bank account and give you a sim card <laughs> remember that crack it's like you were getting the world when they said yeah. they'd offer you the, the... I tell you, they didn't, <laughs> i don't think they've done any of that I, I, when i came to australia to do that myself I, yeah it was pretty much straight to bank of ireland for a loan for me to come here yeah i remember like so. when we were first coming out it was like when they offered you, oh yeah, they set me up the bank account and they'll give me the SIM card. It was like, <laughs> you just walk into the bank and do it. But that was a yeah. sell. That was honestly yeah. for me, it was nearly a selling point. It was like, oh well, we can send money. So like, when we when we go broke, because that's it's we're going happen. broke anyway. You know what I mean? You're going over there it's as if we've loads of money coming out here. Uh, we're all borrowing money. I certainly borrowed money to come out, and I was like, oh, just in case I need more money, that it can be sent. Is, yeah. like it's not it's not 2020 now like you know what i mean it's not that yeah. easy to do it it was but, uh, totally di- totally different time wasn't yeah. it just a quick one of that like the first day i came here my b- older brother was here but he was working as a surveyor and typical irish off the plane straight to it was called the moon and sixpence at the time in murray street here in perth oh yeah and him and his mate were drinking there so i got out this is me like suitcase and everything <laughs> it's, it's funny when you look back yeah Walked into the pub and he, and he was there and they're just finishing their drinks, you know, just back to the money. And I was like, I'll get, I'll get this round. So I walked into the bar anyways and ordered uh, three, three pints. And I had $20 in my hand. <laughs> Turns around and I just handed him the 20. This coming from County Sligo. Yeah. Thought that was, yeah, that's fine. And he was like, that's 29.50. That was my first experience. What? I'm not going to have enough money to live here for long. Yeah. That's it's even cheap. Like, isn't that's that, that's cheap yeah. now. Yeah. But back then... I couldn't believe that three drinks were 30 yeah. bucks. Yeah, I know. It was in, it like, it was crazy, yeah. Yeah, but when when I came out with the boys and we bought, it was the thing, that was it, like, because we were always drinking, well, mm. I was always drinking before I came out here. Yeah. Like, wow. the box of beer, box of beer is $50, and I was like, and I actually, that was it, I used to, I used to drink cider, and that's all I would drink, and I, there was, I was like, well, the, the beer was probably $80 for the carton. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to start drinking beer here, because like, it's gonna be a costly. It's gonna be a costly holiday, or or whatever it is, you know. Because the plan is never really to stay here, is it? Or to, you know, well, at the start, you just think you're coming out for maybe a year or two, and you know, things start going well. Probably you get work pretty fast, and uh, I suppose like that's that's the thing was like you know, with work, what did you decide that you are going to be an electrician here when you first came out, or what was yeah. the plan? So, yeah, I thought I'd just come here and walk into a job. This is how pretty much naive I was coming out. I'd forgotten like that this crisis was going on all over the world. It yeah. wasn't just Ireland. All right, so yeah. I flew in to Perth. Uh, I was just lying, sleeping on the floor with the brother, his apartment. We hadn't got a place. He had his place. But uh, yeah, I had no real plan really coming. This is When I think back, I was really naive with the whole thing. I was yeah. sort of just winging it like a lot of people, but came here. And uh, I was six weeks here, man, using a credit card. I had a loan taken out, drinking most days not really trying to I was looking for work but yeah. it was extremely hard to get a job so ringing up electrical companies thinking yeah i'm an electrician yeah and they asked in for this electrical license yeah first time i ever heard of it no idea what electrical license was started talking to some other irish people you'd meet in bars or even people from the uk and stuff and then they started telling me no you've got to do your uh, two-week course looked into it a bit more that's a couple of thousand dollars I didn't have the money for that. What do I do next? Six weeks here, running out of money fast. Literally was looking at my return ticket, thinking I have to go back, I have to go back home again. But in the back of my head, it was like, I, I can't go home. I literally cannot go home after six weeks because you know, that's seen as you're a failure. Yeah. So it was, I think I was sitting in a pub one day, Rosie O'Grady's in Northbridge. <laughs> and no I, Johnny Foxes. And I had a mate, yeah, I had a mate back home who knew his brother in Sydney was a farm worker or concreter, done something like that. And he knew somebody in Perth working at a construction site. And he said, go down and meet him on Monday morning and he'll try and get you in on something. Okay. As to say, the rest is history. Yeah. You know? And like this is the thing, um, as electricians, two electricians, two of us sitting here, we come out, we have, you. if you're qualified in Ireland, you obviously get your papers from FOSS and you're qualified, but that does not make you qualified in Australia. It makes you far from, you could work, you probably still get work, but when you really want to start to earn money or if you go out on your own, you have to have an Australian electrical license. Now, this is something that not a lot of us know about or people that are coming out at the start. That goes, and even for uh, chippies now as well, they, like, they all have to get their their certs transferred and I think even for the boys that are plumbers um, they even have to have a gas license coming out here or when they come here as well to be plumbers out here so theirs is even more expensive but I think I paid 2000 
we, I had to go do a two week course in here in in do, 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 in Perth, and it took me a year. I was working for a year before I actually got it because I was like, oh no, I can't do another electrical exam. Like they're tough enough. Never mind that. Like I I winged it for four years, and now they want me to try and wing another one. Like and uh, yeah, so you ended up having to go to Adelaide from Perth, wasn't yeah, it? So there was a quick way around it again, trying to get it oh, done a bit yes. faster. That was so, the quick way. Yeah. So again, I, I yeah. same. I worked for a year and a half construction sites, uh, laboured on brickies. I was a carpenter for a few months as well. Yeah. I want to be carpenter, and then I said, "I've had enough of this. I need to get into a, a decent job." So you could go down to Adelaide for a weekend. You do it a two day course. Yeah. So me and a chap from Gordon was his name from Westmeath. We ended up going down to Adelaide on a Friday evening, and the course maybe it was during the week. But we stayed the weekend or yeah. something like that. But it was two days. Yeah. So. What did we pay? It was a similar money because you did flights and things like that, but yeah. it was faster and we didn't have to miss too much of work. Because at the time, two two weeks off work and paying for the course, yeah. you're talking five or six grand. Yeah. And that's back in 2010. That's, yeah. I mean, you've not much money. That's a lot. Of course there's, yeah. And that's, that's the thing you keep putting up. Like, I'm not paying enough. I've paid enough to come out here. And then you're working. And like I suppose, you know, when I was working in the city, when I got a job as an electrician, like you're getting... You know, maybe for your 40 hours a week, you're getting $1,000, which might seem like a lot of money, but like, you know, it's part of, so it's like, you know, when you break it down, it's like five or 600 euros. But I think when they round off to that number, it sounds great, but it doesn't last that long, you know, especially if you're working around here and you're out, you're out buying $29 rounds of pints, which is, yeah. which is low water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it did sound a lot, yeah. I got when I started then I started with a good company in the city and they were giving me I, I don't know I think it was like 1200 a week and yeah. it does sound like a lot of money yeah. but when your rent is two to three hundred a yeah. week and then obviously bills and everything else yeah. and then going out yes which is yeah. the big one we all know that yeah. you you wouldn't bat an eye at like spending two three hundred bucks easily yeah on a weekend it, it just yeah. goes and you live that sort of week to week kind of yeah. thing you know and this this is the thing i suppose rory was that you know you're you're here you have a good solid job and you're spending you're spending what you're making but then i suppose this is one of the things we really want to get as a big massive part of our lives is when the mining industry kind of came came in and when i first came out here i didn't know nothing about the mining industry i i well when i say knew nothing i knew one guy that had been working there and feels like he's making he's making a lot of money you know on these mining they're all going away working on these mine sites which we'll explain about but you know we're here in parts and you start to hear that people are away working up on these sites as electricians and they're getting well paid they're like well i'm down here spending everything i have anyway maybe the best thing for me is oh i should go away for three to four weeks work my arse off make more money and then come back down have a week off and at least i won't feel so bad about spending my money because i'll have loads of it basically that's what we were kind of promised and it was what we kind of got but what was this that got you onto a mine site and let's kind of like dig into our lives for how many years we were there and everything else yeah sure so yeah been here two years it was the same it was the week to week thing yeah. we were spending we were drinking we were partying it was coming to 2011 my sister was getting married back home I didn't have a washer to my name I was like mm. something has to change here I need to be able to go back at least to get back take a month off yeah. work so I had a mate up up north working with a company. I thought it was a company. Yeah. When we, we we're going to use a lot of lingo words here now. Okay, yeah. and they'll be try to they'll use. be up north <laughs> and they'll be FIFA and they'll be R and R. But when we say up north, when we're in parts, all the mine sites are they're north of Western Australia. So like you're you're talking two hours on a plane. You need to go to these. They're in the middle of nowhere. They'll be nothing around. But just to keep up the lingo, we're calling it. You're going up north. That's yeah. what. Uh, we have to see in the papers like a job up north <laughs> yeah. and that's where you go yeah. But, so yeah so he he just gave me the contact but what this turned out to be was a labour hire agency this wasn't direct to the company labour hire is just it, it is what it is they um, send you up they get people on board and they send you up they get you a flight and you're literally on the plane go there here's the number you contact this was my experience with it. Was it um, his? No, it wasn't his. Um, it was another chap. He was a Kiwi dude. Um, I can't even remember his name now. Some it was a quick meeting, but you know, there was no real PPE. He gave us a sh two shirts. Yeah. You had to have your own boots, pants. I know this sounds like you should have that anyway, but usually <laughs> they will give it to you. That, yeah. that was my experience after. At the start, it's not. So yeah, so I was going up on a four and one. That's four weeks on, one week off. So you have to do four weeks in the construction site, you come back to Perth for a week. 
didn't really think about what that was actually going to be at the time it was just yeah. i just want to get up and start making money yeah and anyways mate my first two weeks two things i got when i got there when i hopped off the plane first the heat it hit me in the face and i was like wow this is this is different the second thing flies the <laughs> flies were around my face my god i, I couldn't believe it the amount of uh, flies and then you get onto this bus, just a big coach bus with old seats in it, dirty red dirt, and you're just hopped on with everyone. I, this, I'm, brand, I'm very green with this now. No idea what I'm doing. I'm just kind of following people. CSI, that's who I was working for. <laughs> yeah. And I just seen chaps with that top on, so I just followed them. This is, I had no idea. Nobody was there to meet us. There was no like um, induction or anything. Yeah. So I got to the camp anyways. You're given your room. And got to my room. They give you a little map. Of the of the site because they're huge these places hunt maybe a couple of thousand people in the camp you find your donger eventually after a bit of searching and then it's like what's next yeah. back to the reception now this is how i had no idea so obviously the camps are run by a company separate completely to what i'm working for but i went in asking the woman <laughs> in reception so where do i get my bus in the morning i'm not sure nobody has told me anything and she was just, oh, all right, doll, I don't, I don't know what you're, like, you need to go and talk to your company. So again, this, again, 10 years ago, I was trying to ring him. He was like, you just need to meet this fella. Like, there's thousands of people on this camp. I have yeah. no idea who I'm looking for. So went to the wet mess, which is the bar. Yeah. I was having a beer and I seen another old dude with a CSI top on him. And I went over to him, started asking him some questions. And he's like, come with me. I feel like he was from Melbourne, really nice fella. He took me under his wing. And he goes, this is a dry mess. This is a wet mess. The dry mess is where you get your food, just for people who don't know. <laughs> he showed me where I get my lunch in the morning at 4.30 a.m. I was looking at him a bit strangely, 4.30. He goes, the bus is out here at 5.10. I was like, right. And this is when it started hitting me, like where I was, what I was going to be doing. So I went back in. Really nice that evening. Your dinner is made for you. The steaks are on, the fish, the desserts, whatever you want. But yeah, that was my first kind of experience that evening to mining and what it was all about kind of bluffing my way through it to be honest i had no idea and this no is this this is the thing like yeah you get you're in parts you're on a construction site you're wearing your boots and your 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 shorts and your your like t-shirt basically yeah. with a high-vis jacket on or whatever the case may be but once you go up here no like obviously not obviously if you have never been to australia it's hot in parts like it's it's hot in parts and like it could be if it's if it's twenty degrees in part, it's forty degrees up on the mine site because you're in the middle of north. You're you're going north. You're going close to Darwin. You're like you're you're going north. You're the higher you go, the hotter it is, and it's a two hour flight. And yeah, the memories of um, you know, you you arrive on site and you're you're trying to find or you arrive onto the camp. The camp is located so the camp has what we call dangas and they're they're bedrooms, and in the bedroom you have a bed and you have a bathroom if you're lucky. And it's, it, this is usually located maybe, let's say, five or ten kilometers from the actual working site. Now, was the site you're working on, was it an open pit mine or was it underground? Open pit, yeah. Open so pit, it was yeah. iron ore we were going to. Right. We were in infrastructure building a new stacker and reclaimer. These things don't mean it just it collects the iron ore and it yeah. sends the, the reclaimer collects it all from the piles and it sticks it onto the stacker, which sends it out to the train to collect it. I think yeah. that was the way it worked, but at this time I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, it was, you go up there and you really, like from that first night is probably, if it was my worst one, because you can't really sleep because you're not sure what time you're meant to be up. You, I didn't know what bus I was getting. I didn't yeah. know anything of what was going on. So I really couldn't sleep the first night. And then the alarm's going off at 4.30 and you're walking, picture in the scene, you're just walking through these dongers, thousands of them trying to find the, the mess. Yeah. And then you open the door into the mess and there's just mayhem. Fellas with plastic containers, horse and food into the <laughs> containers, like grabbing it, plastic yeah. bags going. The staff are like chucking buckets of chicken into these Ban Marie's. Like it's yeah. then the breakfast. Then you have to try and like just work your way around. You're queuing up. Like it does picture a prison and like that's literally what it is like. You're you're all you're going around with your tray, you're walking to collect your food. Jesus. It was it was messy the first morning because I was collecting. I didn't know where I was going, so I was outside looking for a bus with CSI written on it. Luckily, I found it because if you don't find your bus, you're staying in camp all day because nobody yeah. comes back for you. They they might, but uh, your first day they don't really know where you are. If you haven't showed up, they might be like he just didn't come. 
but yeah. you could be stuck back at the camp so you got to find a bus to make sure it's the right one they're usually all going to the same place <laughs> but it was a uh, it was a bit it was nerve-wracking that first morning don't get me wrong yeah. i was um you are pretty lost and you feel pretty small up there at the start of that first day because when when you're just looking around and you're like i have no idea where i'm meant to be going here but you get over that yeah when you when you mentioned prison like it you know where it's it is set up like a prison it is like we can't sugarcoat it any other way like you sleep in a room and then you come to get your food and you you have to take your food to site with you so all the plastic containers you're filling them up with whatever you got and then like when you go to site then so when you started like you you found your way onto a, a site and the company are working for it then i suppose like you know you do you've got through your first four weeks okay you've survived this you you're probably working five o'clock in the morning to six is it six five or six o'clock in the evening so it's 12 hour days usually isn't it 10 to 12 hour days 12 hour days with an rdo so yeah. every second week you got your sunday off so it's 28 days 12 hour days yeah the second sunday off in the middle of the swing yeah. which they call your rdo roster day off and that's it and it's you turn into robot yeah. mode you do the same thing day in day out and it's long yeah and tell me this what would you do the night before your rdo the day off <laughs> what should you do versus what did you do well yeah he, yeah we all know what we've done you got as many bears into you as possible yeah and rdos were pretty like where we were like it's it, this is the middle of you, you couldn't go yeah. anywhere we weren't near a town or anything like that yeah so you're pretty much your rdo is just spent a lot of it is you, if you got breakfast put on well, breakfast was but maybe they do a, a lunch as well some of the camps used to do a lunch, but a lot of them stopped doing that then yeah. after, I think. But the RDO was pretty much spent in your room and hopefully you had a laptop and hopefully you had movies or hopefully you had a couple of good lads around as well that you'd go over to their dong or meet yeah. them and possibly the gym. But this is 10 years ago. I wasn't yeah. as into it back yeah. then. Uh, but yeah, there's not a whole lot. I, I can't really remember the RDOs. I'm sure if yeah. I went back there, there were messy nights, yeah, yeah. no doubt. I, I <laughs> almost guarantee that there was a lot of drinking done yeah. the night before. But my actual RDO, we, there was a lot of like just waiting around. Some yeah. days I didn't even like them. I would have preferred just to go on work yeah. and just get it through it because it kind of puts you off then because you end up sleeping in and then the next day you can't sleep so you're back into, you're back into this routine. So yeah. yeah, I don't know whether I would, it, it definitely helped because you yeah. do need that mental break because 28 days is a long swing. Yeah. So then you don't, you've done your 28 days and you get your week off, okay, and you know, this, the first week off, I suppose, like, you know, I realised as well that you've, you've now, like, you get paid a lot to go on to a mine site, like, to, from what you get paid in part, you can make up to three to four times maybe as much by going on to a mine site, is that true? Easily, yeah, yeah. and we were as well, because remember, we were labour hire, so we were getting 25% more, because we're casual, yeah. so we would get more, so... I don't mind saying, I think we were getting like about four and a half thousand a week dollars. and dollars. Yeah. So you were doing about fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a month. Yeah. It sounds, sounds crazy amount of money and it, it was good money, but yeah. then you'll come back down and that was the best week of your life when you come back down. <laughs> Wasn't great for your partner, but yeah, yeah. we would, yeah, it was definitely, man, like, you know, a lot of drinking done a lot. This is, we did, I knew a lot of people around Perth at the time, so it would be at least the full weekend and everything yeah. else but yeah it's good money but again we're never really showing what to do with money either so you don't it comes and goes you know so yeah it was and, a, and this is this is the thing like and we this is what we kind of want to get get into is like you do your four weeks we are the bank account is healthy when you come down and then you have that week off and you go like fucking ape shit on it like you do you know what i mean you you spend you, you probably like and the first week especially the first week off like there was no you might might pay back a bit of money but you're going out the three nights of the week friday saturday and sunday i was anyway yeah and then you like you know then you have to be back on a plane by wednesday maybe you know now the first week the first week is great because you you've had that week you're like oh then you have to go back to site okay and then you're you're back into okay i have to go back to working but it's going to be four weeks before i can do that that high-end lifestyle again because that was fun like there's no denying it like there was there was fun times involved and then you go back to site but then it comes a case of like you're doing this for like a couple you've done a couple of months or so you know and then how long did you last with that company or with the first time yeah so we done with that, that it goes back to this as well because you won't do this full time you, yeah. you won't do those four and one swings full time so i spent three swings and that's why I went back to Ireland then for a holiday. So I had four weeks off. 
that contract mm. had finished. So a lot of the time with labor hire, casual, they could bring you up the morning ready to go to work, yeah. you're finished. It's fine, we all know that. That's what you sign up for, you're getting paid good money. Behind that, you better be saving some of it because you're gonna have a few months out of work then as well, which was what I seen. I came back to Perth and then I was going out with a girl at the time and we were living in Subiaco and you still have to pay rent. You're still paying all your bills when you're up there. So it's not free. Like, you know, you get free, your food is paid for, but you're still yeah. keeping uh, your rent. So I was a couple of months again out of work. So you're just going into all those reserves, all that money is saved, waiting for the next thing to come up, you know? And it was still, the next time I went up was still with that labor hire because it's, it was hard enough at the time to get in with a company. Some of them were offering you full-time employment, but the way I was then, I didn't want to do four and ones month after month, year after year. I, I was happy enough to do three to four swings, which is like, yeah, 16 weeks work, good money, save up a bit and go again. Mentally for me, I wasn't able to do the month in, month out. I would not yeah. do that. Uh, so yeah, see, I kind of done that for a couple of years. Then it was like on, off, on, off. And then I, I got a full-time gig up there again, four and ones. And I was with a company direct. That was 2013. And I started doing full, full-time full foreign ones. Yeah. Where was, when you did that, was that, because I was on Barrow Island around then. And then were you over? Before that, I was in Wheatstone. Yes, Wheatstone yeah. was the other one, so yeah. I, I started on Wheatstone in June or July 2013. Yeah. And yeah. I'd done um, six months there. Didn't, and that's as six long as I... Six months straight. Yeah, six yeah. months till Christmas. And... I was asked to leave then after in January. I won't get too much into that, but uh, yeah. yeah, the drug and alcohol. Oh, I didn't yeah. pass it one morning. The breathalyzer. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we are. You're politely just asked to leave. That's that's yeah. the end of it. And uh, that that contract finished. And honestly, it was one of the best things anyway, because I ended up well, I'm saying that I ended up going then to Barrow Island. Yeah. Which was the Gorgon project, which everyone wanted to get on because that's where yeah. the money was or yeah. in. So we believed. Yeah. So this was the thing. Every morning. When you get up at, at half past four in the morning and you go you go to site, there's breathalyzers in in our camps that we can go and self check that we haven't no. Most sites back then actually there was no limit on how much you could drink. So you could be over in the morning, but you would you can actually breathalyze yourself before you go to site. But when you go onto site, because like these are big jobs, big companies, they don't want like any accidents on site, you cannot if you shut if you shut down a mine site that like you know there's there's going to be uproar and <clears throat> if there's an accident like they they try and like they're they're one of the safest places in the world to work due to the fact that there is a zero accident policy like they do not want anything happening so when you come on the first thing you do before you start working tomorrow is someone from like higher up will come along with a breathalyzer breathalyze everyone on the team before they head out and if you breathalyze if you get blow numbers sometimes you if like sometimes you might be told okay look go go back to your room other times it might be you're on a flight back out of here. Go to your room, pack up your room and, and get out to part. Like that's exactly what they do. They have no problem throwing you off and like, you know, which is only fair enough when you're looking to go to work and you want to return safe. But I suppose this was the thing. You'd found yourself a couple of years and then Barrow Island came. And this was, I suppose, this was for me as well was one of the biggest parts of my life was this job came up, Barrow Island. It's two hours north of part. It's on an island and... This island is classified as a grade A, like, um, nature, reserve. nature reserve. But then you go on and they've built an oil and gas plant that I, the only way I can put it to you, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I went to this job because I was doing open pit dewatering where we put a pump into the ground, 200 meters into, into the ground. They would take, it would take water out because the water is deep in the ground and then they'd come in and they'd blow it up and they'd take the iron ore. But when I went to Barrow Island, then it was an oil and gas job everyone every electrician in part was like the ones that were up there were like you need to come up to do this job because we are getting away with absolute murder on this job we're not there's no one doing much we're getting paid what we're getting paid is serious money and you know the, the swings are good it was 26 and 10 wasn't it i think on the job 26, 26 days on and nine. Oh, 26 yeah. and 9 to start yeah to start and that's when i went up to site and the only way i can describe it is that barrow island if you Googled it, like this thing is like six crow parks put together, but in crow parks, there is like piping everywhere. It's like one of those 
when your screen does the the screensaver and it, all yeah. the, the the bars go through it but it's like there's piping running from everywhere and they're sucking the oil and gas out of the sea so this being a, a class a nature reserve the australian government have allowed them to build this massive oil and gas plant that they dug into the ground that like it is humongous and obviously this is all for money reasons i suppose we won't have gargan on to us or anything for talking about this but like they're sucking the what the oil and gas there's two massive um oil fields out there and it is pumping out pumping all the, the oil and gas into the island and then it's been processed and then it's been shipped out to various countries and so forth and yeah on that site there was i think there was five to seven thousand people that they had to fly directly onto the site uh, it's a massive operation you can't take any of your own food up there and stuff like that you can't have they're there to save the frogs. Remember the frogs on the yeah. island with the, the lighting? <laughs> They'll save everything, but they won't Bulldoze. save the planet. Bulldoze the whole thing. Yeah. So this yeah. thing is, is is like it's built and it's it's astronomical. Like you, I could not believe it. And you work in a section with your team. And um, yeah, the idea is that when they're finished with it, that they're going to decommission it and take it all away and put the island back to, back to normal. That's from what I've seen, that island will be back to normal sometime in... 2,220 <laughs> <laughs> or the year 3,000 so uh, but look that the, we still hadn't known each other we'd never met each other but you we got onto this job uh, doing the 26 and 10 uh, but you ended up getting a night shift job so you yeah. were on night shift for you yeah so, so again a bit yeah. better organised when you fly up there they take you yeah. through an induction so you meet someone at the airport that, that, it was really yeah. well done up there just going back a bit, I'd actually, we'd done all the work, that construction work I'd done in 2010 was building all the wet messes and dry messes for that job that they oh, were yeah. going to be shipping up. And I ended up there in 2011 as well. Okay. I don't know if you remember, there was a ship there and we oh, kind nice. of uh, were working on the jetty. But just how crazy this job was, I went up for three weeks. They closed down the jetty over some chap hanging on a crane the, on the hook and yeah. taking a spin on it. And they left us in our uh, downwards for three weeks. With in the full, boat? No, no. This, we, we were meant to stay on the boat, but yeah. we didn't. Actually, we got our helicopter train and everything paid for it yeah. before that. Never used it. You're talking thousands of dollars spent on us. We, we never used any of that, you yeah. know. So we ended up in the, um, the main camp anyway, but stood down for the 21 days. My whole swing, we never, we'd done one day walking around, didn't do a thing. And uh, sent back to camp because they closed down that 21 days and they ended up not bringing us back but with full pay and then flown yeah. back to Perth still on full pay and I was I just went back working here in Perth for six months with getting six months pay from Gorgon as well Jesus. because yeah. you're on stand down if you don't like you're still co you're contracted to work with that company yeah. but they couldn't get us back up with beds and there was some kind of uh, all because some guy decided to yeah, hang out some, yeah, he, yeah he shut down the whole thing because they they were so strict on yeah. Oregon, like with safety, as you say, it was it was in, it was over. The, it was insane. But anyways, yeah, two thousand fourteen, I started up there. Went in, and she starts calling names. So you get the bus, and she just gives you her name, and she was day shift, day shift, night shift. Came to my name, and I was waiting. I was like, she goes night shift, and I said, I was like, no, I'm not gonna doing that. And she goes, you're expected to at least try, yeah, to give it a go. But anyway, I had a good few lads I knew from working there and working with companies in Perth. They were all on night shift. Mm. So I started giving it a go and the first few days were tough, but yeah. you kind of got into the swing of things. But yeah, 25 nights on and nine off is hard. The nine off is the worst because you're jet lagged. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, took you five days to come around. And then again, for the four days you were right, you just yeah. ended up going in the city and living it up. Yeah. And this know? was the thing is like when, when I was up there. They were trying to get so many people onto this job that I would do day shift and say Rory would do night shift. I still hadn't met Rory, but we'd also share rooms on this job and we were paid to share the room. So I would come in for 12 hours, then I had to be out by five o'clock so say Rory could come in. But they paid us an extra like $700 a week to share the bedroom. You know, this was it was out of control up there, wasn't it? That was horrendous yeah. stuff. When, you, when I think back to what yeah. was going on there, that... Like you were, you'd have somebody, if you were lucky, you'd have somebody who was clean. Yeah. What did I do that for? Literally for almost the full two and a half years, I'd done the sharing of rooms yeah. with the day shifter. Usually pretty good. Yeah. But you'd come back in the morning after doing, we, we were on long because I ended up being the leading hand and we were, had to go in at, so you'd get the bus at 4 p.m. in the afternoon and you'd come back at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. They were meant to be gone, but sometimes they were late. You know, they'd be getting out of bed yeah. late. So you'd open the door, 
picture this scene like it just it, again looked like prison cells cleaners walking down through because they were meant to get in as the person come out to clean it on certain days I had one chap there and he used to leave all his socks on the end of the bed to dry he, you know like you'd yeah. walk in and his socks you'd have a bit of I won't say it was arguments but you'd have words going in going can you put your stuff away because you're meant yeah. to leave the rooms all clean and it just looked disgusting yeah. you know you have to pick like some some dude coming out and his socks hanging on the end of the bed you have to go in and try and sleep there then for the next 10 hours yeah. and yeah so and then every I think the swings changed then to 20 nights and 10 yeah after a year but we had done that every roster and every single at the end of every swing you had to take all your stuff take it out of the room, yeah. go back, put it in storage, and then do the same thing when you come back to site again. You get a new room, a new roommate, oh, yeah. and then you go again. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was our, we'd done that, and you got paid for it, but I, I feel like that was their, I feel like that was their kind of thing for everything, you know? Just throw more money at it. You yeah. know, it was a- uh, Fix the problem. Fix the problem, gives them, just offer them more money. They'll, they'll take it and they'll deal with it, you know? Yeah. But, Every now and again, you get into the main camp where you had your own room, and that was like heaven. You know, you yeah. you could just leave your stuff. You weren't worried about putting everything away. What's this fellow going to be doing with my stuff? Who knows who he is? Where he's coming yeah. from? What his background is? You, you, everyone's different. So yeah, it is. It's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a strange. When I look back now, in bunk beds, like that was literally like prison life. That kind of sharing rooms with another person, yeah. and you're just sort of meeting and yeah it is and like it brings back it brings back so many memories about it and you know like at this stage like you're doing a lot of, you've done a lot of years of mine and now at this stage you know you've done it for quite a bit I've been doing it for about four years and now we're on Barrow but there's a couple of things that I suppose what we want to touch on and th this is the side of mining that we kind of want to get into you know there's there, there's the side of the, the mental health me, like probably 90% of people on, on the sites are men basically True. You know, probably if I was to throw a number at it, there's probably 90% are men and then there's probably 10% female. But like we have this lifestyle of we're making plenty of money. Our The routine of our lives is just go to work and then party, basically. Enjoy our weekend, weeks off. I was 20, 29, 30. I definitely took it too far every weekend I was off or every week I was off. There might have been one month in 10 I wouldn't actually destroy myself. But... You know, it brings us to like, I suppose, like the issues like around alcohol and gambling. And like, is this something that you did experience quite a bit? Like when you're on your weeks off or even on site? Yes, both gambling on site. I, I think gambling is a massive problem up there. I think it's a huge problem here in Australia anyways, but up north it's, it's horrendous. And this is again, back in 2013, I started doing a bit of gambling online. Like this is when they started making it really easy. So you just have your card and they'll offer you a card and you just transfer money across and I think it was Sportsbet or someone like that I was with. So you just, yeah, so you're up there and you have to remember, you don't really have a life. So you're trying to, you're trying to have something that's going on. So you just kind of went to gambling and this was giving you a little bit of a high. So come around Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, AFL would kick on, the NRL here. Yeah. I, they were the main sports I'd been on because here in Australia it was just the easiest. You're on the same time. And yeah, it started off with the usual, like the usual story started out, I'll just do $50, so that's not much. You remember, you're making pretty good money up here and it doesn't, like $50 is like a, a drop in the ocean. It's half like, an hour's work. You know, so that's it. Yeah, yeah, half an hour's work if you're on the double time, yeah. yeah. So then you'll be, you start off with that and that's on site. So $50, I'll do 100, I won. Maybe I'll do the next one, 200. And this, this went on like that. That was kind of on site. Obviously when we came back down, the drinking took over. I, Marie, my partner now, she was in Sydney at the time. She went through a lot of stuff for the first year or two because night shift, you were sleep deprived. You were literally sleep deprived. So I'd end up coming down. I'd sleep for a little bit in the afternoon, up then during the night, spend most that night online gambling because you can't right. sleep. You're just up laying on the sofa because you've slept all day because you were that wrecked after the full swing. And the next day I'd fly to Sydney. So I'd get into Sydney in the evening and have kind of slept a little bit, but then I wouldn't be able to sleep again that night. We'd be awake, all this stuff the next day. It was it was a terrible sort of couple of a year or so. Yeah. Because your head's really up your arse, like you don't know what's going on. There was one time I was in the bed, I was over in Sydney, I'd visited Marie, and she knows the story anyways, and I ended up booking a flight back to Perth. <laughs> 
to get out of Sydney because I didn't want to be there. I, I'd never really thought about mental health or anything like this, and I'm not even sure if it is that. But my head was so far up there. I didn't know where I wanted to even be. I was like in Sydney. It was nothing to do with her. I yeah. just was booking these flights, and I was over and back, and it was crazy. And then you'd come back, and you're straight to the pub, yeah, and you start drinking because you, there's not much else you can really do anyway because you're a bit tired. And the boozing was pretty crazy for those yeah those uh, couple of years. So just to touch on that, and you mentioned Marie, who's like who built my website, who yeah. sent me through fucking tin and tin, or like everything. She's amazing, an amazing woman, but she was living in Sydney, and you were still located in Perth. So you would yeah. So we'd met each other on Wheatstone. Yeah, she so she was a civil engineer. Um, she's from Canada, and she'd came over and she wanted ten percent. One of the ten percent. <laughs> uh, one of the unfortunate ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they do have to put up with a lot of shit on the weather well, to put up with a lot of shit in general yeah women, but especially on those mine sites and uh, that because there's so few of them yeah. so she ended up leaving that after i'd kind of left weeds so she was there for about another few months and she ended up getting a job in the city in sydney with that same company okay so she was living in sydney at the time and we'd met each other and it was kind of on we were started together and then i started going over and back to sydney so yeah. that's what i was doing over there but uh yeah, it was that was a bit hectic. Like it was all over the place and tough for the first year. It's tough all the time, really, when you're doing that fly in, yeah. fly out. You know, people say they make it work, but I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a hard kind of life, but and this is what we must remember is like that the guys the guys on site. Like I was single for ninety nine percent of it, and even at that one percent, I don't think I had a girlfriend. <laughs> but you know, it would have been seeing someone or whatever the case may be. But like for me, it was it was hard to go up to site. Say when you did it, uh, let's talk about having, like when you're seeing someone, when you go, you get to see him for the week and then it's like, okay, I have to go away now again. You know what I mean? I'm going away for four weeks. And for me personally, because I wasn't in a relationship, it was like, you know, it was so on and off, you know, I'd be lucky if I did see him on the week off, like if I did see him at all, because I would be acting the bollocks with drinking and yeah. having the crack or whatever. And you know, that was the case with me. There was like one or two people where like, you know, that I was seeing and I actually wouldn't see him on the week off so that means that i go away for a month wouldn't see him on the week off go away for a month and then be calling him for like oh i'm back again hello how are you you know what i mean it's like you haven't talked to me for fucking two months i think that's know? a big thing with five yeah. workers in general i think we yeah. think that the world should stop when we come back down for yeah. a week off like everyone yeah. should just get back and, and come out with us and things yeah. like that but it doesn't work like that yeah. and i think partners whether it's male or female they're forgotten about yeah with the whole five four thing because Marie used to struggle when I'd leave Sydney. She yeah. struggled pretty bad, like with just leaving. She was pretty lonely. Like I don't think she'll mind me saying she was pretty lonely at that yeah. time in Sydney because she didn't know too many people. I'd come over, we'd have like a pretty good week, and then I'd be gone again yeah. for three weeks. And you're sort of this on-off life of like it just. It's a strange kind of life, you know. You're never really always there. You're never in it yeah. completely. So that went on, man, for pretty much. I was almost three years doing night shift and then it came to a head for me with all of, like I think it was around Easter of 2016 I remember having to go back up yeah and I don't know what it was or whether it was depression or what it was but I've never felt as bad like yeah. that feeling in my stomach of just being I do not want to be here yeah I do not want to be on this site anymore I don't want Anton to do with it like I also had chaps up there I knew they'd be hiding down underneath in the trains and one of the poor chaps he's, he's passed away now from he suffered badly but we didn't know it at the time and just hiding and, and sleeping and just not wanting to be there and I don't know people can say well why didn't you just leave or why don't you just stop it but we don't know you kind of get those golden handcuffs on and you just well do one more swing we'll do one more swing but that was Easter and she had said to me you need to get off you need to end this now like, you need to stop doing it but I'd done a few more swings but eventually yeah September then 2016 I got off that site and when I handed in my notice, honestly, it's just this relief just came over me and I was like, why didn't I do this a few months ago? But I don't know why you, you think that you, I don't know whether it's like, you just keep doing another swing. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know what yeah, that, they have this swing. hold on you, you know, it's because it, it is a kind of easy life. You go up there and the first few days after the week off are hard, but you kind of fall back into line again and yeah. You know, your food's made for you, they, they look after you, they do your laundry. Well, I've done my own, but they'll make up the room. And you kind of have this false sense of like, this isn't a bad kind of life, really. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not good for the mind. There's there's loads there that like, 
we you mentioned loneliness you know and i think we have to think of loneliness and depression is the thing you know and it's like i think in the last i've been trying to figure out what is the, what is loneliness and what is depression and what is the difference between the two and what when do you know that you're you are suffering from one or the other you know do, when do we know but going back to sight and you're thinking about you know the loneliness side of things it's like you when you do drink so much on your week off and you are home over and you go back up like those first four or five days for me were awful like you know that was like i would have four mile fear missing out that like oh maybe i did have a good week maybe i didn't have a good week and now i have to do this for another four weeks i like and when i say that i have to do this you always have a choice but you mentioned the golden handcuffs like i i underlined it before you even read it okay it's there it's like that you when you don't know i suppose when you're younger you think money is everything yeah like that's for me i think that if you were rich you'd be happy then you realize that you 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 are rich but then you're still not happy you know what i mean it's like why well i thought i was going to be i thought once i made all this money and i saved what i could do that i would be happy but it comes down to like we are, are we being selfish that we keep going up for ourselves but then we leave people behind like you know if people do are in relationships that you know maybe it's discussed how long you're going to do it i think a lot of the lads go up there without any clear goal i definitely didn't have a goal until i realized that what you just said as well is like something was off and i need to to make a change i think yeah i think with let's be real like when i grew up i wasn't like we weren't wealthy at all we didn't have yeah. much to, we, i come from a big, big family there's six of us you don't you're not taught about money what to do with it what it's about how it actually works things like that so when you go come over here and then you're kind of falling into these jobs where you're getting four or five thousand dollars a week and you're like this is, i've never seen this much money before what the hell am i going to do with it so that's you're making all this money and you're sort of buying i never really got into the what do they call them like buying jet skis or any of that but <laughs> I, I had a fear i was saving a lot of money that was coming in now i had a house back in ireland so i still had to send some back but the money i was kind of making was like this i've never seen this before and then you start thinking well this ends and you have all these thoughts but it goes back to then going touching back to the gambling I started gambling more so I was making more money those 100 200 dollar bets weren't one and 200 dollar bets anymore it was 500 dollars it was a thousand dollars and it went on to this and I remember the, the one night it was a premier league match and it came down this is when I knew there was something wasn't I was too much it was, it was going overboard there was a premier league game on it was on at eight o'clock UK time so I would have been up anyway during the middle of the night and I won't say it was playing or whatever but I put a bet on anyway and it was called a minus one so they had to win by two goals and the one two net or the one one nil so I lost the bet but I had five thousand dollars on it I remember losing that and being like nah you you need to do something about this that's yeah. uh, that like five thousand dollars that, that's a lot of money like to me at the time and I'm, I know up north there's lads doing way more than that but to me that was my like right you need to change this this is this is out of control completely the, you're betting five thousand dollars in the middle of the night what the hell are you doing you know so I, i'm just on that gambling how i started to get away from it marie again she's been yeah. great at, we, we we just started downloading credit card statements when it's in front of you yeah there's nothing you can do you can't lie about what's in front of you the figures we just went through it the three four years that i'd been gambling all the money that was coming out all that or lack of that was going yeah. back in and when the figures come up yeah it opened my eyes so you're talking six figures plus in gambled money right so yeah and that was on that was then coming towards the end of barrow obviously some will say well you weren't making as much that's why you stopped but it maybe it was a mixture of both because I, I continued doing little bets but then 2017 or 18 i just knocked it all banned myself from all uh, gambling websites completely yeah. just lifetime ban and yeah i haven't done a bet now in three or four years just went away from it cold turkey completely shit so like when you can ban yourself from these sites yeah yeah you can, they'll allow you to do that yeah. you can put like holes even this was four or five years ago i done it so i'm sure it's even hopefully it's better now yeah. but you can ban yourself from all of them for life yeah. lifetime ban and for me because that's the sort of person i am I'm either you just keep at it or doing ten dollar bets twenty dollar bets but i was like this isn't making me happy anymore yeah so the time you get that little high you'll win because you're not and it is the thing about gambling you're not you're not actually caring about the money you win it's just you've won the bet yeah you've beaten the bookies that's what it was. it was it's a high then you get that high so like when you lose the five grand 
it hurts a hell of a lot more than you win 10. Trust yeah. me on that. Because when you win the 10, it's like, well, this is all going to be going back on anyway. So yeah, so it got a little bit out of control. I never really told anyone about too much. Marie's pretty much the only one that knows that. Yeah. Um, but it's a huge problem up there. I, I can tell you now, I know lads that are betting 10, 15,000 on basketball matches, dollars. Yeah. I know one chap that betted 10 grand on the Australian women's Olympic team. These are the sort of things that they're doing. This is yeah. huge money. Because yeah. this know? is it, like when we, when we are up there, you know and like not everyone obviously you know some people can come out of it pretty well but you know some people have their head screwed on and like you know can make sense of all this and having the money and having a plan but there is a lot of young people with a lot of money up there that are you know bored probably and being like okay how do i how do i fill myself with this satisfaction that i'm that i'm getting something from this from having this money and gambling is definitely one of the, the big issues, isn't it? Well, you're looking, you're looking yeah. for a high. You're looking for, yeah, I'm living, I, I have a life as well. Yeah. Because what you're doing up there is so repetitive. I think that's one thing. If you are considering mining or even going up there, it's a very repetitive lifestyle. If you, if you, if you struggle with kind of just strict routine when you're in the city, at least at the weekend, at least you might have friends around here. You, you can go to the gym. You can do sports if you're in a sports team you can do whatever you know there's yeah. a different thing you can go to the beach any break but when you're up there it's on the bus in the morning at 5am it's back to camp at 5am it's go to the gym it's have breakfast it's bed it is one thing another thing people forget about those people that are up there you were pretty much apart from sleeping with them well maybe you will sometimes but yeah. you were living with them working with them eating with them Oh. 24 like pretty much well not again the sleeping but you're with those people all the time from the day you get off the plane till you get off the plane in Perth till you get away that's where you yeah. see so many people just bolting when they get back to Perth and getting out and this was the thing like you know it brings back memories of like you know you work with a group of people and you're on the same swing as them like you know on the same swing as them and then you're sitting down looking at them you're sitting at a table like we are here and there's two guys on that side and two guys on this side and you're sitting with these guys for 28 days straight and you're like I'm going to rip this fucker's head off if he mentions one more thing about this. You know, because you, you get the same story every time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you're telling me this every day, like, you know. You're complaining about yeah. something that he's complained about. Yeah. It. Then you have some of the... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. And then that's the problem because any little thing that usually wouldn't bother you yeah. becomes a massive problem. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure maybe they looked at me sometimes and they'd be like, what's wrong with you? You know, and I'd have been oh, complaining yeah. the odd time or saying things. But there was... Yeah there does be a lot of complaining and moaning and they'll complain about their food or they'll complain yeah. about their room wasn't cleaned exactly. It's just yeah. real silly things. Yeah. And then they'll keep telling you about it. And it's just the same, like repetition is one yeah. thing and it's the same conversations yeah. and you're just doing it over and over again. So yeah, if you're considering that kind of life, yeah. it's, it, you can make good money. But I think the only thing I would say about any of that is have a plan, but you got to stick to it. Yeah. Because otherwise you will just keep doing it. Yeah. And that's like, you know, hopefully I think like, you know, hopefully I think now at this stage that like more like the mindsets, they're not really doing the four and ones and like, you know, four weeks on one week off. It's, it's like two weeks on one week off or two and two. And, you know, but there's still young people going up there. You know what I mean? I know one of the boys, two of the boys have gone up this week. They're 25 years old, around 25, 26. I'm like, I was up there like, and I certainly didn't have a, a goal. Would I go back up now? You know what I mean? That's always been in my head. I could have gone back up with the last year and a half. I didn't want to, but I know that I, I'd have to have a goal. There has to be a goal if I did go up. But at the time, I couldn't see that part. So I couldn't. Yeah, I talked to another man. I think a good thing as well, if you're going up there and you're single, maybe, or because if yeah. you have a partner, you have a plan that you want to possibly get married, or you want to buy a house or things like that, get yourself a good financial advisor that you trust maybe before you go up and have a plan set out with him so he can give you an idea for the next two years, if you make X amount of money and you invest this way, or if you save this amount, this is where you're gonna be. Yeah. And then you have a structured plan to work to. When I went up there, it was just, I'm just going up north. Yeah. <laughs> There's no plan, you yeah. know, there was nothing. It was just, I'm just going to go up there because the weekly pay seems pretty good. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't think about how to invest money or how money is meant to work for you or what you should be doing or how is your superannuation set up or none of this. It was just, give me my weekly wage so I can go on drink it, gamble it, do whatever with it, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? That, that was the idea then. But obviously, as you mature and get older, yeah, you do get more smarts about you. It is, and like, you know, it's like you, 
it's it's kind of hard to see like in the in the midst of it all like all that money is in front of your face like i can't see through this because like it's just yeah. like it's there <laughs> yeah that's that yeah. that is the other side but like it's, it's all very well now five years later yeah. saying oh i should have had been investing it but when you're there yeah you can't think about anything else only literally yeah. i need to get through these next three weeks and you're young as well yeah you know, this is it yeah. like you know, anyway, yeah. yeah like it's, it's fine for us to sit here at faking 35 and 36 and be like I wish I had done things different. No, I don't wish I could. I, I, the only thing I wish I could have done differently is that I would have enjoyed my time up there, not gone up sick from drinking because it would have been a whole lot easier. But, you know, on my side of it, like I've been very fortunate. I did get a house at home and that's paid for, you know. But like the other side of it was that, yeah, that if I didn't like that, I don't know why I, I came up with like when I did do that, it was like, thankfully I, I got that much done out of it, you know, whereas like, that, that was never even a plan it just happened to come up and you know i was able to do it but it's definitely not having the structure and the plan of where you want to go from there once you have once you get out like yeah you know? i think having that even when i finished up there was no again when i sort of finished on that it was like right I'm, i think i'm done now with five i'd been doing it and then what had i been doing it six years i think at that stage maybe six and a half years and i did remember because that those last few months were I wasn't feeling right. I wasn't feeling myself. Yeah, I was making money and I was going to get a payout and whatever. That didn't really mean anything. Yeah. My head was all over the place. I was, uh, I was struggling a bit just with everything. You, you know, it didn't be right when you're sick to your stomach, pretty much yeah. having to fly back up there. I knew that that yeah. was the end of FIFO for me. Um, yeah. Because it's a full on kind of life. It's it's a strange way to live. You know? yeah, but for that long. For that long. And then I was like, that's it. I'm just done. Whatever comes next, comes next. Yeah. <clears throat> and the plan then was, yeah, I kind of, moved over to Sydney for a bit yeah the part I just want to go back there when you, when you said you got the, the gut feeling because yeah. we all know if anyone has left the mine the mining careers behind they, they always remember the day I'm out like I'm done here but you said to yourself that like what what did you feel again like did you in your stomach you're like that I just need to go like is it like I've done I've done five years like I'm now at the age that I need to get out and try Hon- something else honestly it wasn't even I've done a certain amount of time it was more there was zero enjoyment in it. Yeah. Like I, I, I wasn't getting any enjoy. Even after the few days we had come around, I was struggling through the swings then as well. I was like, ah, oh, this. In the back of my head, it was like, what am I doing here? Like, what sort of what sort of a life is this? And obviously, Marie was in Sydney, and I was flying over and back, and she was beginning to get fed up with it as well. And and I think I just knew I was like, that's that's it. I'm kind of done here with this, uh, because it was either that I got to that stage where it was like. We, we sort of end up breaking up and I continue doing FIFO and I'll be 40 years old doing FIFO yeah. like everyone else and just continuing this way yeah. or take my payout from the job and change yeah. something whether that's back in the city working as a sparky or whatever it may be yeah. whatever comes next comes but I, I kind of knew I have to stop this has to end yeah. now you know and this is the thing like and it brings back the memories of um, like when I went home I ended up going home for Christmas and um, you know the fact that we're actually always in the we're always in the we're always in the bed or in our bedrooms that we actually we're always in our bedrooms that we get used to doing it for twelve hours a day like or we're in there for twelve hours when we're back from work or yeah. whatever go to the gym and then you have eight hours in bed but when I come back to Perth on my days off obviously I go drinking and then I'd spend all day in bed again you know what I mean and next thing what I would do is like it'd just be repetitive I would, my bed is my my relaxed area like yeah. that's where I relaxed it was my bed it was drilled into me and I ended up going home for Christmas and my mother says to me she was like why do you spend so much time in your bedroom yeah and I was like you are fucking kidding me yeah like you know I think that's one thing we kind of do for like because you start spending so much time in your donger yeah. and, you, and it's related to that because you, you kind of like do that and you just stay in your donger in your bed and then you come back down and you're boozing and you just want to be in your room. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but you sort of do start getting really reclusive. You start just like hiding away. It's like going into your cave and I don't want to see anyone. It's just a dark room. I want to stay away because of that fact that you're with these people all the time. There's noise all the time. You just have never a second. It's just you're working with them, eating with them, all these things. So when you come back down, I, I felt that as well. You, you don't yeah. really want to be going out. Socializing became like a bit of a problem as well. Um, not sure if I ever enjoyed it because what I figured out I am a very introverted person yeah. um, in a way 
but uh, that goes back to all that drinking and what you'd be doing yeah don't think i ever should have drank really but yeah anyway and uh well that's the thing like and it, it comes down to like when we spend so much time like we're introverted and then it's like but that that sign from my mother when she said that to me that was december came back did the month of january and then i was back up on site and there was a girl i was seeing and she came to see me at the end of january the start of february and i'd been seeing her like for probably a couple of months beforehand and she came down to the house i'll never forget it and uh <laughs> i don't think i've ever even told anyone this and she you know you'd be seeing each other whatever and she comes in and she was like i'm having no more to do with you like, <laughs> literally and i i sat in my i was in my bedroom i actually was in my bedroom and she got up and she fucked off yeah. and i was like she'll surely be back like you know what i mean and the car drove off and she went with it <laughs> i am not messing like and i think that was probably the last time i seen her because i went back up to site and i was like i'm losing my shit like I might be able to see it. My mother has seen it. She has seen it. And next thing I just says to myself, I was on site. I did two weeks. And next thing there was two boys on site and they were having a conversation. One older dude, one younger dude. And uh, they were just whatever chatting shit about how the younger fellow was saying that he's no friends because he's always up here. And the older fellow was saying that his two wives that he did have have left him yeah. and taken everything. So he's now 40, 45. And I'm sitting there and I just goes, that was the sign. I was like, I'm out of here. And I went up to the office. There was an Irish lad, um, a young Irish lad. He was actually a, a engineer or whatever. And I says to him, I was like, get me off this island. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And then I ended up finishing off out the swing. But that was it then. Come February, I was like, I have a shit to do. I'm tarty. I felt like, I've. it's not that I lost five, I lost five years of what I really wanted to do. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you have to live your life. You have to live and you have to work and everything else. And I was like, okay no this is something i need to do and i want to like move on with things but um look we're going to get into the second half of this because we want to find out what it is you did after you left the mines and where you find yourself now we knew this was going to be a long episode yeah so we'll cut it at this one and we'll let you go for a toilet break and we'll get back into the swing of it in just a moment all good good stuff so yeah that is uh rory gallagher and our this is our our time spent on the mine site. We are going to get into a second episode. We're probably just going to jump into it straight away. And uh, we are going to talk about how Rory kind of changed his life around, where he went to after mining, and what it is he has been doing since. So thanks very much for listening. Hope you really enjoyed this. Again, if you have any friends that are in mining and they want to hear our side of the story and what it is we got up to, uh, feel free to share it with them and again if you have any questions or anything in general please let us know and we'd be glad to answer any questions okay take care bye bye